Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, we have been on the road. Ayers on the Road. Now, this is good, honey, because we were four hours on the road driving on the left-hand side, the right-hand side of the road. Right. In Paris, and then we got on a ferry. We went across the English Channel, and we're riding from in, Calais to Dover. And then we got on this beautiful ferry, and we went across, and we got off, and we had to drive on the left side of the road with a right-hand <laughs> drive uh, G wagon, which our son has bought for someone else. It's a long story. Bottom line is, though, Ayers on the road for eight hours, four on one side, four on the other, but with the steering wheel on the right side for part of it, the wrong side for part of it. Anyway, we're We're glad to be here. We're so glad to be here. We're in a kind of a big room that probably sounds pretty echoey, but we are happy to be here and we're happy to be talking to you. It is an amazing experience that we've had. As you know, if you listened last week, did we do it from Paris or did we do it? Yes, from Paris last week. And um, as we mentioned last week, we were here with some of our kids. We we used some frequent flyer miles. We had an exchange of a house with some new friends. And so... How would you describe this last week, Kenny? We had four of our adult children and their spouses. Right. And we had three of our daughters on last week. And so, and then we had a son who's with us now, and another son is joining us tomorrow. When you have a lot of kids, there's a lot of stuff going on all the time. But and what fun we've had. I think we've covered all of Paris among the four of us. Everybody just went and did what they wanted to. And then we converged at the end of the day and explained our adventures and so on. And we had so much fun. It was awesome. The idea for this actually originated when we were, I remember this specifically a couple of years ago, we were thinking and brainstorming and we were having our Sunday session. We try to have a Sunday session each week where we first of all, discuss the inner, which to us means our family and what goes on inside our home, inside our lives. And then we try to discuss the outer, which is our writing or our books or our speaking or whatever we're doing, just to get on the same page and to be sure we're up to, to date on things. And I remember in one of those meetings, I think you might have asked the question, honey. And the question was really an interesting one. It was like, when we were the age our kids are now, in other words, families with lots of kids in the house and lots going on and lots to keep up with. When we were the age our kids are now, what was the hardest thing for us to do? What what do we wish we could have done more of then, but we're unable to because of the logistics and the expenses and all the other things? And I remember we talked about that for a while, and we, we realized that one of the hardest things at that stage of life is getting away as a couple. You're so burdened yeah. down with the kids and the logistics and the jobs and all the things going on and church callings and all of it, that it's just really hard to have a little time as a couple 
not only to just enjoy each other and continue the courtship, but to plan, to do some planning, do some goal setting. Well, I remember we used to try, we used to say once, one day a year, we've got to get away for long enough to just think through the coming year and set some goals and work on a vision statement or a mission statement. So when we decided that that was one thing our kids probably had a hard time with, just like we did, we asked a natural question, which is, what could we do about that? Is there any way we could give them the gift we didn't have of a little time alone as couples? And that led to something that we call, <laughs> we call it the R and SCF. <laughs> no, go figure that. But I'll tell you what it, what the words are, and then you explain what that actually means, Linda. We call it the Relationship and Spiritual Creation Facilitation Trip. <laughs> Guess who made that up? It was not me. This, this stuff comes out of this man's mind like this all the time. But it did turn out well. And I think it turned out well for us, too, because we had some time to talk. We had some time alone. We had a good time to argue. We had right. a good time to disagree. And we had a good time to make up. And really, it was good for us, too. That was good. But those were the goals to get, to get, get you know, and the kids had to find their own babysitters, obviously, which wasn't easy because they've been here for a week. But, and they had to figure out how to get here. But once they were here, we had the house and we had, it was a beautiful house, a 200 year old French provincial house, just South of Paris, right on the Seine river the or Seine. the Seine river, as we like, as we had learned from our Parisian friends. And it didn't cost anything because we did an exchange and we had frequent flyer miles. So I, I always worry when we talk about some of these things we do that some Listeners tires on the road are like, well, it's easy for you to say you apparently can all afford right. all this stuff. No, we can't. We, we scrimp around and figure out a way to do it. But the idea of giving them some time as a couple, yeah, we were all in the same house. But like you said, Linda, every day, pretty much people went their own way. Well, sometimes two went together or three went together. And then one, and then just one couple went. And then we just... Everybody saw everything they've always wanted to see, and then they came back and reported at the end of the day. And then sometimes another couple would go to where the one couple went because it was so Did cool. Exchange, I, yeah. I think they've all been to Paris before, but I, but not not by themselves, not just as a couple, like a second honeymoon almost. So maybe we're maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're patting ourselves on the back, and it wasn't that great. But I think. It accomplished its purpose, relationship and spiritual creation facilitating. Spiritual creation mean planning. And we we only one night during the week did we have a group discussion, right? Right. Well, when we all came in at night, yeah. we shared what we've been doing. But yeah, as far as just yeah. sitting on the couches and talking about our lives and so on, that was fun and very interesting. And, and that was, you know, you never know what direction these things are going to go. We said, wouldn't it be nice if we could each give kind of a projection? What does what the next five years look like to each of you? Kind of tying into the kind of thinking and planning we knew they were all doing and that we were doing. And it evolved into something a little different because 
We have one son who wasn't with us, but well, actually, well, we have one son who lives in Switzerland. Tal is his name, Talmage, and he came, he was only able to come up for one day because he was headed for Rio, of all things. For a convention that he was helping to put on, so he had to go, but he gave us a great idea. Yeah, he said, you know, because he's he always likes to ask people, you'd have to know Tal, but he, he likes to say, what's your story? Tell me your story. I'd like to know your story, because he he really just feels strongly that everyone has a story. And if you can get them talking about it, you can really get to know that person in a genuine, important way. And so when he was here for that one day, he and I were just in the kitchen. I don't think you heard this discussion, honey, but he said, okay, Dad, what's your story right now? And, and then he thought for a minute and he said, well, I kind of know your bigger story, but what what chapter of your story is happening right now? You know? And I said, oh, let me think about that. And he said, if you had to name the chapter of your story that's happening right now, what would it be? And it was such an interesting question. And I, I tried to answer it. And then I turned it back on him, of course, and said, what, what would you name your chapter that you're living right now, Tal? He, he'd thought about it. He said, I'd name mine burning the candle at both ends. <laughs> because he said, I'm going to work for my normal work day, and then I'm coming home. And until dark, I work on our, our hut, our second home, our little... This, when the Swiss have a, a second home, it's not palatial. It's usually like they a... They call it a hut, they and call that it is exactly hut. what it is. I mean, think <clears throat> Heidi's grandfather's hut on the on the side of the hill. That yeah. is exactly where, on the side of the ski hill. It is exactly where it is. But he says, what I do, I go and work that on that till dark. So I'm right for, I'm wearing the candle at both ends, but I like it. And the hut's almost done, you know. And I thought, it's such a great question to ask a family member, one adult family member, another, what what chapter of your life are you in? Right? What would you name this chapter of your life? So we sat in that circle. And we got a couple of really interesting answers we probably should share. Well, what about your answer? I bet people would like to know yours. Oh, well, I'd say the end, the, the last chapter that I just finished would be called Pressure because <laughs> I've had so many irons in the fire, so much stuff going on. But my next chapter is going to be come what may and love it. No matter what happens, <laughs> I'm going to love it because life never really ends. There's always something exciting around the corner. So, And then, like you say, there were some really interesting, and it turned out to be kind of a, a less analytical, sort of less inquisitive. What do you think? Invasive. It, like an, it, it like wasn't an invasive at all. Just, yeah. No, you, you have to tell us about the next five years of your life. And it, it seems softer to just say, what, what would you call, you know, if you're going to name it, this upcoming chapter, what would you call it? Or what would you call the chapter of where you are right now in your life? And one son-in-law said, I'd call my chapter equilibrium. I thought that was really interesting because we said, well, what, why? He said, because, you know, three of our kids have gone now out of the house. This we just have oldest. two seniors yeah. in high school. We have twins. And they're easy and they're great students. And things are 
pretty equilibrium in the past. You know, it's been crazy with all the stuff going on. And, and their, their marriage is pretty even keel, and uh, my work is good. I, I, I it's where I wanted, and wow, I'd like to be in that chapter. Yeah, that's that's really good. Really good. And then another son-in-law. This is my favorite. Did you like? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. He said, I, I named my chapter of the, the life I'm in right now, the chiropractor. And we all looked at each other like, the chiropractor? <laughs> and then he pulled, he pulled the punchline. He said, yeah, because right now I need a lot of adjustments. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they do. Yeah, they've got a lot of kids that left home, but they're, they have two married kids and they've each got issues. And then they have a child with some special needs, their youngest child. And then another child is two kids are in college, two daughters. One is playing volleyball full time um, at a division one, is that what they call it? Uh, school. Yeah. And uh, it's a lot of pressure and there's just a lot of stuff going on. So I thought that was a really good word adjustments. So that, you know, again, I, I don't know if we've explained that particularly well, but I think it makes the point that as we as our as we get a little older and as our children get a little older, this we're talking to you listeners, and some of you have teenagers, some of you have toddlers, some of you have kids that are getting ready to leave home and go away. And some of you have grandchildren. Some of you have grandchildren, and all along the way. You know, families get bigger and get more complicated, but it's the individual relationships within the family that matter. And so finding a way, this is not the only way, but it worked for us this time. We've done we've done two of these this year where we've had about half our kids at one and half at the other, and no grandkids and not crazy schedules where we're all trying to do things together or be tourists, but just do what you want, you know, and and have time for relationship building, mainly with each other in a couple, but also with your siblings, and find a time to do spiritual creation or planning. And whatever the system is, that's a great thing for families to try to find time to do just maybe one day a year. We used to just try for one day a year. I know and the, we have to do it a little more often now for upkeep, but it was really a magical experience. I think for us, especially, I hope it was for the kids, but while we take a break, think about what your chapter title might be. And we will be back in just a minute. Be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we are back. We are hoping that you thought of a magnificent title for this chapter. For your chapter of your life. And you know, by the way, if you're curious, if you want to have a look at this, uh, this French provincial house where we had this exercise... <laughs> Is it an exercise? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was an experiment. That's what it was. Um, just go on our on our Instagram. We, a lot of you I know go on our Instagram just to see what's coming up on ours on the road. But there's a, a picture of this really interesting house. And um, 
Paris, of course, is beautiful, but this south part of Paris, right on the river, we thought maybe we could go up the river right into Paris, but we learned that there's a lot of locks on <laughs> the Seine. And so you're, you don't go up unless you're in a barge. Unless you're in a barge. You can't, you can't get there. But but if you want to go to Instagram, go to Richard Linda Iyer, all strung together, Richard Linda Iyer. And the latest post is this house in France. But anyway, anything more, Linda, on, on the road part of it today? Well, I think we need to just launch into at least a few minutes on our three-letter word. Three-letter word. We want to do it. We have. We want to get back to three-letter lessons. Those of you who are longtime listeners know it's just a little three-letter thing that means something and maybe can become a memory peg where you, like Benjamin Franklin did, try to rehearse these words in your mind and develop a certain character trait. And um, the the one for this time is is cow c o w. <laughs> And it's an acronym, and it means citizens of the world, because because that's something we've been thinking a lot about lately. While we've been with these older children, and while we while we were with our our daughters, we were doing a new podcast that we talked about last time with them. And their podcast is called In the Arena. But what they talked about in their last episode, and what we've talked about a lot on this trip, is are we citizens of the world? Do we do we try hard enough with ourselves, but also with our children and our grandchildren to expose them to the larger world in a positive way? You know, we, we hear stories occasionally about people who are, you know, their kids are a little afraid of the world or they're stuck in their own little part of the world, their own narrow perspective of things and so on. And We've tried to do a lot of things in our family, but one thing I think we've succeeded on is raising kids who are genuine citizens of the world. We're going to have one of them join us here. In, in fact, Houston. we have a son with us who has been on this trip, but he's the only child left. And he's going to come uh, on the trip. <laughs> he's have the All the others have just, you know. But um, he probably is the star of making his children citizens of the world. He has been so magnificent. This is Jonah, and Jonah is a very unusual child. He's <laughs> he's 45, but <laughs> still our child. But he has five children who are amazing citizens of the world. And I, I mean, we had brag about him for a while, but I, Jonah, I think you should just give him a little glimpse of things that you've done to try to expose your kids to. And what does citizen in the world mean to you and your family? Now, first of all, you should know that right at this moment, he is in Phoenix, Arizona, but his base, home base is in Maui. We've talked about him before because we spend a couple of months with him in January, February, usually. But his kids are remarkable, and we'd love to hear what you have to say about how you've created citizens of the world. Hi, I'm Jonah. Uh, my kids are citizens of the world because of our outlook on the world itself and how the world is so much smaller than we often think and so much more uh, 
we are so much closer to each other than we often care to think about. So that has helped our children, I think, to understand that the world's a small place and it makes, it makes children much more comfortable with the world around them when they remember that fact. So I, I don't really know if there's anything specific other than travel has helped them a lot, I'm sure. We've traveled quite a lot. Uh, but I don't think that's necessary to make children citizens of the world or to think in that three-letter acronym. Like, we, we, we all should be citizens of the world, regardless of whether or not we travel, uh, because we are. And I think when we say citizens of the world, we're 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 not talking about some grandiose uh, amount of of you know exposure and so on. We're talking more about tolerance and appreciating other cultures and looking for the good and things to be learned rather than magnifying the differences we have and so on. And and uh, Joni, you say you don't have to travel, and, and, I, and there are other ways. I mean, books and libraries and films and so on can do it. But, um, but I think Jonah's is especially good at teaching his children that everybody they meet has a story, and everyone deserves to be respected and questioned, like, how are you doing? What is your story? They're so good at that. Yeah, I think finding some way to make a connection, even in even in the very smallest way, is a way that we try to engender that idea in our own children and remember and remind ourselves of that fact that we're all in this life together. We all have struggles and things we're working on and things we're moving towards. And that very fact makes us so much closer to those around us than probably most other things. It really does. A good example just tonight of Jonah is that we just came from an Indian restaurant. And when we went in, we didn't know anybody. And by the time we left, because Jonah was with us, we knew the, we whole, knew the whole family. family. <laughs> the family came out. What a great story, too. A little, little family started an Indian restaurant a month ago. One of the best Indian restaurants I've eaten at lately. And uh, Jonah, in a very interested way, learned a lot about uh, well he knows a lot about indian food because he has an indian friend who comes to his house and teaches him about indian spices and so immediately they had something that they had in common but we were talking in the way in this long ride today with jonah and saying if you talk to somebody long enough you're going to find something in common and something that you're both really interested in. And I think Jonah's the master of doing that. And if kids can learn that early, wow. And you've got five kids, Joe, are they all, do they all do that pretty naturally or did some have to struggle to learn to do it? Well, I don't think any of them do it naturally, really. I think that, I think that eventually they may remember our experiences and move forward in that direction. But I, I don't know how natural it is for my own children in that in making those connections. Yeah. And that's that's hard, but I think it's it's a good way to learn too. Yeah. Well, and you should just to give you a quick summary. So Jonah was born in England when when we were living there. And then where have you lived? Just 
Just run through the places you've lived since you've been married. Uh, we, my wife and I met in, in Cambridge in Massachusetts, and then we moved to Las Vegas, fabulous Las Vegas. <laughs> and then we uh, moved from Las Vegas to New Zealand, and then from New Zealand to St. George, Utah, and then from St. George, Utah to um, Washington State, the Olympic Peninsula, and lots of other little places in between. And then we moved back to New Zealand and uh, weren't, weren't there for very long that time. We had some crazy stuff happen to us there. And then we uh, decided we better try uh, to live in Hawaii. And we've lived in Hawaii for longer than anywhere else. And we're always gone in the summers, uh, traveling around usually the Western United States, but we spent a year and a half in Europe traveling around. And I think we're in 14 or 16 countries over that period of time, just camping along the way and meeting a lot of really interesting people. No, no, no. This is not yeah. luxury living. No, this is, this is one that I asked you that last question, Joe, to set up this question that I'm going to ask you. So what do you say to a listener who says, well, Roddy Da, that sounds great. What kind of a multimillionaire are you to do that kind of traveling and moving around? And that's the killer question right there. And now let's see, how many nights did you say you have camped out in the last year? Uh, well, a lot. <laughs> I, my wife has the numbers better than I do, but yeah, we camp a lot. And that's the way we love traveling. We don't have a lot of means to travel other than to get to the places. But when we spent that year and a half in uh, Europe, we camped the majority, the vast majority of the time. Uh, and we really like it. It's it's we we've 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 chosen to live our lives in a way where travel is is very important to us. And that means that lots of other things uh, kind of go by the way or sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we were in the Loire Valley in France three or four nights ago, and Jonah and Asia <laughs> stayed in a place that cost twenty five dollars. Right. Right. It looked yeah, that like was it. actually that was actually Asia talking me into that because usually it does not cost that much. <laughs> <laughs> that was but a little a little on the expensive, expensive side. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like a chicken coop, but was up on stilts. And uh, this is a very unusual boy that we're. Ha I mean, man, I should say. Yeah. But uh, and Some. wife and wife, just they're incredible what they can. They're living on a shoestring and living a life to make sure that they're citizens of the world. And it goes on and on and on. Yeah. So so there's two there, you know, there's two little couplets that I'm reminded of that, that Jonah's really taught me. And one is, you know, there's um there's two ways to be financially independent. One is to have unlimited money, the other is to have very limited needs. And I think we all need to learn from that. Jonah and, and Asia managed to do this, to live this kind of life, not because they're wealthy, but because they can limit their needs and be selective about what they do. And then the other one that sort of ties into that is, you know, there's there's two ways to be citizens of the world and to have your children feel 
uh, positive things rather than fearful or negative things about other cultures, other way of living, other religions, other places. And one, I suppose, is to travel to all those places and, and try to live in all those places. Almost impossible, completely impossible for most, most of us. And the other one is to adopt an attitude where through books or through movies or through films or through short trips or through foreign exchange students or, or through, going to the other side of town and, and getting to know some neighborhoods that you're not, not yeah, familiar with. Yeah. It doesn't take, you don't have to go far and find. Go into the Hispanic neighborhood or go to, go to, you know, whatever place you have close to you that's a different culture. And it takes, I think it takes work and effort and deliberate. You know, that needs to be your goal, don't you think? Yeah, and I think going along with that, realizing that that every family has its own culture and understanding yeah. that in your child's classroom or in your circle of friends, there are so many things that are unknown that if we dig a little bit and ask different types of questions, we can really find those things out. And our son Camden just started university and he was having a hard time with the same question being asked over and over and over again. And I mentioned to him something that I learned from my older sisters is rather than having the questions be things like what, what, what do you do for work or uh, where are you from? Or in his case, what's your concentration at school? He'd say things like, what's your story or who are you? And that alone makes people think, okay, well, that's a different question than I had before. Who who really am I? Yeah. Uh, I, like, I love that. Jonas Boy, being, time flies when you're having does. fun. We're he's, out of time. He's but being thank honest. You, this, this son has just started Harvard College. <laughs> and just one of those colleges. Just one of those little colleges. But it really is. What a joy to have Jonah with us today. Yeah, that was a yeah. perfect thing. He didn't even know he was going to be invited because he came in just during we, the We rushed the over from that Indian restaurant. And Jonah was still there talking to that family. And when he came in, right. we just grabbed him. Yeah, we're so <laughs> grateful for that, Jonah. Yeah, i got to tell you guys more about those people. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to thank all of you for listening in on Irs on the Road. We want to thank Logan Gardner, our producer. Yes, and... Give a little more thought to your story. What do you want your story to be? And what's your next chapter? So, And to the COW, the three-letter lesson, citizen of the world, evaluate whether you are as much a citizen of the world as you want and whether your children are. Good luck with that. And we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye.